is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, welcome to a special edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Today we will talk about Miles Sanders. He's a little bit too hyped. We'll go through some rankings. Talk about some really old running backs. Is Franco going to ruin Le'Veon Bell this year, or is Le'Veon Bell just going to ruin Le'Veon Bell this year? Welcome to the show. I'm Adam with Jamie and Heath, and we got a special guest. Mike Wright of the Fantasy Footballers is here. Check him out at FantasyFootballers.com. Of course, the Fantasy Footballers podcast, which is awesome. On Twitter, he's at FFHitman. And welcome to the show, Mike. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Oh, man, this is fantastic. This is, like, this is really a treat. For, for me to be here, I've met most of you guys in person and have told you uh, each individually that the, the the you guys at CBS really set a standard, in in my opinion, for podcasting and were a huge part of, of my life and the way we ended up shaping the fantasy footballers. So thank you again. This really, really is awesome for me to be on the show with you guys. Have you met Heath in person? Yes. Oh wow! How'd that go, Heath? Was that, that, that... I? Uh, you know, we met several times over the course of like a two or three day span, and uh, <laughs> several of those came around a ping pong table. Ah, <laughs> and uh, I like there were probably more meetings than I recall. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, by the way, you can listen to the Footballers podcast throughout the off season. Get their ultimate draft kit. Dynasty and rookie rankings, all at fantasyfootballers.com. So, yeah, you know, before we get into it, Mike, how's everything going? How's uh, quarantine? How's this whole oh, situation? Yeah, with surviving the the honestly, the really the only hard part for this is is the kids and the homeschooling. I am a homebody. I'm happy to stay here. The only thing that I miss going out for is food, which I we can still get the old DoorDash and Postmates. So. I'm not missing a ton, but of course, besides going into the office and and being with the guys and that camaraderie. But other than that, I'm I'm hanging in there. Mike, I got a, a text message from Adam today. Adam has uh, a little boy and he's expecting a second. And uh, I have three young children, young boys. Um, and he goes, I don't know how the hell you're doing. This. <laughs> I can't. I just. I don't get it. I don't understand how you guys are doing it. This one kid is just wearing me out completely. By the way, Jamie, thank you for the for the announcement there. That was supposed to be a secret, but that's fine. We'll, we'll let the audience you tell know. people. I haven't told. I haven't told the audience. You know that. I, well, I now you have. Now I have another one on the way very soon. Congratulations! And the way you do it is you just try and make it to the nighttime. Mm-hmm. So that you can get some semblance of sleep, but yeah, I've I've got three kids as well, and uh, like I said, that's the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about the homeschooling yet. That would make things even more challenging. All right, let's talk about Miles Sanders. Our email of the day, fantasyfootball at cbsi dot com, comes from Travis, and so I don't know when he sent this in, but last week we were debating Miles Sanders versus Devonte Adams in the first round of a PPR draft. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I wish everybody could see Mike's face. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even see it. Wait, this is what I, that was a completely involuntary reaction to. I didn't know my face was doing something. <laughs> you you had like like the face of somebody that just walked past somebody who farted. Like that was the face you made. 
Yeah, it's pretty. That's a good reaction. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I am pretty high on Miles Sanders. Some of us would take him seventh overall. But here's the email. I feel like the Miles Sanders hype train is getting a little out of hand. While he was on his late season tear, he played the Dolphins, Redskins, Giants twice, and the Cowboys, not real world beaters on defense, not to mention the health of their wide receivers, and Corey Clement was hurt as well, so the catches feel far from certain. I just think he's much more of a gamble than you guys are making him out to be at this point. He was firmly behind Jordan Howard until his shoulder had the nerve issue. Anyway, just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. All right, well, Mike, sorry for farting. So what do you think about <laughs> <All good. laughs> what do you think about uh, Miles Sanders? When would you take him? Oh man, I I feel like I'd be okay taking him as of right now. Maybe the third. I'll take the gamble on him. It he is such a confusing player. The, the, the third round or the third overall pick? You mean the third <laughs> overall pick? Third, yes, yes. <laughs> sure. Let's let's just get out of control with the hype. Uh, he's such a confusing player. Not because of his talent. He, he's a he's an amazingly talented player. Uh, his his yards per reception was absolutely insane. Like last year, there was only three running backs that had forty or more targets and had yards per reception over ten. Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, and David Johnson. They're the only three guys to do that. So smashing efficiency through the air. But what we've seen from Peterson and the Eagles, like that's. That's what we have to go off of, and it's which story are you going to buy into for Miles Sanders? Are you going to buy into the talent of Sanders, the fact that he was a second-round pick and Peterson had not done that yet, and then the end of season, that that monstrous workload where he became an absolute league winner if you scooped him up in the second half, or do you, do, do you buy into years and years and years of Peterson using three, sometimes four running backs? We just – we don't have – we don't have proof except for the second half of last year where, where Doug Peterson was forced into it. His hand was forced. And it would but on top of that, like if you remember at the beginning of the year, Miles Sanders actually had the job. Like he just sucked. <laughs> he was really, really inefficient. And then Jordan Howard took the job from Miles Sanders. So they did want Miles to be that guy at the beginning of the year. So I've I'm trying to temper my expectations. I do have him ranked right now. As a top 12 running back, I'm finish, finishing up all my statistical projections, and he's he's sitting in there right now. But it is it is an in, inner battle for me to decide which side of that narrative I'm really going to buy into over the offseason. All right, Jamie and Heath. So I, I know you guys aren't as high on Miles Sanders as Dave and I are, but do you think he's a first-round pick? No. I I think he's... He's in the conversation if it's just a heavy, heavy first round on running backs. That's kind of the, the way I come out on it. But I would much rather get him in round two. I think the one thing that Mike said is the Doug Peterson narrative. He's tried to use a guy, the Jay Ajayi trade, the Josh Adams stretch, uh, what we saw last year from Sanders. I, I just don't think he's ever had a guy. Sure. And so I, I think that he's going to use – Boston Scott. But I think that's kind of the positive that we're looking at for Miles Sanders now is they added nothing. If you tell me Corey Clement is the threat, then I'm excited beyond belief about Miles Sanders. If they still go out and maybe sign Devontae Freeman, if they make a trade, if we see LaShawn McCoy, who says he wants to finish his career there as old and decrepit as he is compared to the guys we're going to talk about as well. Um, if they just bring in somebody else, then that then that makes it, I think, a little bit more of a 
oh no, here we go again. But I think that what Sanders showed last year, what he's looking at from a competition standpoint, that there's reason to be excited about it. But I think we have driven the hype train a little bit too far off the track. I, I, speaking of farts that make everyone want to leave the room, <laughs> there are like Jamie mentioned Devontae Freeman, but there's still like four of those guys. Yeah, Carlos Hyde's there. there. Lamar Miller yeah. is still out there. Like, yeah, I mean, I was going, just using any of those guys, sure. Right. And so I, I don't think if you told me we were at opening week and it was the depth chart was Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement was number three, I would feel like I might take Sanders in the first half of the second round. I just, I can't take him over Nick Chubb. I can't take him. Like, was his second half better than Kenyon Drake's? Yeah, it wasn't yes. For a, wasn't for a longer stretch. I mean, the second half wasn't. Your little six game stretch where we take out the games that we don't like. <laughs> no, we take out one game. We take out week. We take out week seventeen because he left with an injury. But, but other than my, that, it was it was after the Jordan Howard injury. I think I think Drake may have Kenyon been better Drake's in non PPR. Second half was better than Miles Sanders, without it, a doubt. Six games or eight games. You look second at half. six games. Miles Sanders was the number three running back in PPR six games, but not counting the last game because he left with an injury. You want me to count that game? Heath? Like, what are you so, kidding me? So Kenyon Drake's second half was better than Miles Sanders. And we've seen it from him before. And he doesn't have any competition either. So I, I would um, like the best that I could get to would be Miles Sanders as my number 10 running back. And that doesn't make you a first round pick. There's probably four to five wide receivers that should go in the first round. I want you to tell me that that I should not admit that I should not include week 17 and we can move on to the next topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're trying to make the point that Miles Sanders is worth the seventh overall pick, you better not include week 17. That'd be ridiculous. Of course. Why would I? He left with an injury. Yeah, All right. You, you got to pick like the, the seven best games of the season and give me a 16 game pace. They were his old, uh, All right, let's uh, let's move on. So uh, we're streaming. We're recording this on Tuesday with Mike. It's uh, it's Cinco de Mayo. So I hope that DoorDash is is going to be delivering Mexican food to Mike tonight. But uh, you're going to hear this on Wednesday. So with that being said, we're streaming tonight, Wednesday, May 6th at 7 p.m. Join us Eastern. Join us for a live mock draft. That's on Twitch. Twitch.com slash FF today. Follow us and you'll see our stream on Twitch. Twitch.com slash FF today. And next week is fantasy football yesterday. Five episodes on the podcast on CBS Sports HQ. We're going back in time. We're looking at things like the biggest one-hit wonders, like Justin Forsett, the biggest busts of all time, like Monte Ball, and the greatest fantasy teams of all time. We're doing a draft for that as we speak. So that's going to be fun. Kind of look back a little bit and obviously catch up on anything that's going on in the current world of fantasy football. Like these two news items, the Jets are signing Frank Gore to a one-year deal. They also drafted LaMichael Pirine in the fourth round. And Marshawn Lynch has been discussing a return to Seattle. So I'm going to start with Heath here because I feel like he's been higher on, on Le'Veon Bell. But does this change things for you with them bringing in Frank Gore? It shouldn't. I'm going to be stubborn for a minute. <laughs> and just, just first say, no, I don't want to change my mind because this shouldn't change anything. But the last time we saw Frank Gore and Adam Gase on, in the same city, uh, Gore was getting more carries than Kenyon Drake. So I like <laughs> I have to acknowledge that this probably changes things a little bit. I still like I started at a higher place on Le'Veon Bell than I think anybody else in the pod. So I'm probably even after this news going to be at a higher place on Le'Veon Bell than anyone else. 
In PPR, I still think he's a high-end number two running back. In non, he's more of a guy you settle for, a low-end number two. But I would still ex- – like, I don't think Frank Gore is going to come in and catch any passes. I still think Le'Veon Bell is going to catch 60 to 70 passes this year. I don't think there's any way he has the touchdown problems he did last year, and he's probably going to average like 3.6 yards per carry instead of 3.2 or whatever. So he's going to be better than he was last year, but this – this hurts the touchdown upside because Adam Day, Adam Gase makes decisions. I, I'll just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he had Bell was 12th in the NFL in, in carries per game, but Gore comes in 160 carries basically each of the last two seasons. Nobody on the Jets got any work. Bilal Powell had 59 carries, but 19 of them came in week 14 with Bell out. So you wonder what the workload is going to look like. Mike, what's your take on this Jets backfield right now? Uh, I'm I'm actually so I pulled up my projections here. I sided more with with Heath that I had Lev statted out uh, pretty optimistically. Like he was sitting at about running back twelve for me, and we do we do a half point scoring for our projections. So I the work was just too much. The the Frank Gore news though, <laughs> uh, it, for for everything you laid out, Heath, it's like you have you have a connection already that. These these two have worked together, Frank Gore and Adam Gaze. I you 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 were brain draining me, <laughs> actually giving all of your your thoughts and responses there. Where Adam Gaze makes, he seems like he makes emotionally rash decisions sometimes. To put it in a kind way, kinder than I treat him on my podcast, which I won't bring <laughs> that negativity over to you guys. Uh, so uh, it it is very possible that Frank Gore somehow comes in gets over a hundred carries and takes away the one thing that Lev Bell is good at it for New York, which is just, he touches the ball more, more than anybody else. And he just, you threw sheer volume and that, that force of will, that's how he becomes a good fantasy player. So I, it, his outlook is definitely worse today than it was yesterday. All right, Jamie, you've got Le'Veon Bell 17th right now. I think that's a non PPR actually. And I don't know if that's updated since the Gore news. Is is he no. even going to be a top twenty running back for you? He's fourteenth yes. in PPR. Yeah, he'll still. You know, it's it's hard to still drop. You know, I I think like I, I I'm I'm looking at my rankings now. Uh, is there a big difference aside from offense, but in terms of situation between him and James Conner, who you know the Steelers are trying to lower his workload? I don't think I could put Le'Veon Bell uh, behind the three. Rookies not named Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, I, I'd still take him ahead of Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift right now. So that's that's where he is non-PPR. Uh, half PPR, PPR, he's obviously got to be higher because I think he said it. He's going to catch the ball. I'm, I'm sure Mike would agree. Yeah. Um, and, and look, the offensive line is going to be better. The offense is going to be better because we don't know, I've said this time and again, how healthy Sam Darnold was coming back from mono. You know, at what point did he get to 100%? You know, I think the receiving core as a whole with Chris Herndon back and Perryman and Mims are better than what they had a year ago. So everything around this offense is better. It's just a matter of not only is it just Gore, I think they were going to use LaMichael P. Ryan in some role anyway, you know, because I don't think Adam Gase wants to give a guy the amount of work that he gave Le'Veon Bell. He made that clear last year when the whole fallout with McCannon, McCannahan, whatever his name is, uh, the GM that was, that was let go and yeah. McCagney, whatever. Um and, and uh, you know, um, 
the signing. You know, they don't so, like like he doesn't like. Does he like Le'Veon Bell? I, I mean, there's such oh, there's such a low there's such a bottoming want. out scenario here though for Le'Veon Bell. Like he has not played well for two oh, straight they'll seasons. Trade no, they'll trade no, him. No, I'm saying he could be that. he could just be. He was pretty bad last year. Right? He was a bad player. He just got so many touches. If he doesn't get those touches, and by the way, Frank Gore had four more carries inside the five yard line than the entire Jets team did last year. So. Maybe he won't be as unlucky near the goal line, but maybe he won't be the goal line guy. Maybe Frank Gore gets that role. I, there's a lot of downside with Le'Veon Bell now. I mean, there I always was. I don't think you should draft him in non-PPR leagues or maybe even half PPR before the middle to the end of round four. And then in PPR, I think he's gone from a round three pick to, I think, a round four pick. And if you want to just take upside, then you take those other rookies. Like... If anybody was, the, I don't know where you came out on, you know, Mike and Heath, uh, like Edward Solaire, like I'm, I'm through the moon for him, uh, you know, so I, I would have taken him over Bell, uh, without a question, any format. Um, but now I don't think there's a question. I don't think you can justify taking the downside of Bell versus the upside of Edward Solaire. Yeah, I, I have Edward Solaire higher than than Le'Veon Bell right now. And what's funny though, Adam, to speak a little further to your Frank Orstad, he did have 11 carries for a grand total of. Zero yards. <laughs> yeah, he was really bad. <laughs> he was really bad. Yeah, but yeah, they still wouldn't trust Devin Singletary. So weird and, and frustrating. <laughs> uh, all right, so I don't think we have to talk about Marshawn Lynch. Uh, well, let's let's get to more interesting stuff here. I gave uh, some topics to Mike before the show. I hope you did your homework. Here we go. Oh, I'm ready. All right, rank your top five rookie running backs. You want me to jump in first? Yeah, yeah. It's just, this is. I'll just let you give the rankings, and then Dave and or nope, Jamie and Heath. My bad. We'll react. You want to you want to call Dave? I, I <laughs> Dave's the only person I ever met, and he's oh, not here. Bad. Oh, Maybe I will call Dave. Yeah, we weren't going <laughs> to tell you, but he hates you. <laughs> he said if Jason and Andy were on, he was in for sure. But <laughs> yeah, I, I see how it is. Uh, well, number one, I will shock everyone. Clyde Edwards. And Lair is my number one guy. Uh, the situation is just too fantastic. And then I have Jonathan Taylor at number two. So I'm not breaking with the consensus at all. And honestly, if if you feel so strongly about your evaluation of Taylor that he's going to be your number one guy, that's fine. That 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 honestly is fine with me, knowing that it will, you're still about a year away from Jonathan Taylor really being the guy. I have uh, I have Dobbins. As my number three guy, because we're we're not talking for this year, are we? Because we're we're talking like rookie drafts. That's the rankings I'm giving you. All right, anyways. that's fine. I didn't specify, so <laughs> I, I, it's it's I, rookie I gonna, time, man. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna you know leave that up to you, I guess. So yeah, sure, rookie uh, rookie drafts. Okay, well I'm sure we can figure it out on the fly how I would take them. So I got Dobbins. Uh, then I have. Uh, it it's tough, man. It's tough how I line up uh, DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers. Like Akers seems like he's in such a good situation, but uh, like because he's lined up to take the Todd Gurley role. But does the Todd Gurley role actually exist anymore for McVay and the and the Rams, or did they learn a really tough lesson and they learned it like the way that ruined Todd Gurley's career? Essentially, they just wore him out. Do they throw a third-round pick from last year just into the garbage? Did the, Malcolm Brown clearly has a ton of trust built up with this team with uh, everything that happened last year with 
Uh, he went out and got an option from, I think it was from Detroit, and the Rams said, no, you, we, we have to keep you. And he ended up being playing in front of Henderson. So that's where it's really tough for me to put that trust into Akers. I want to buy in. I, for fantasy, I hope he becomes that guy because we all want superstar running backs. I just have a, a hard time going all in on that theory. And same for DeAndre Swift, who, like, Carryon Johnson's not just going to vanish into thin air. DeAndre Swift, would he was going to be in a timeshare. Now they're coming out and essentially stating verbatim it's going to be a timeshare. So I like those three guys a lot more. Uh, then I like Swift and Acres. But Swift is four for you, and then Acres five. Yeah, uh, it depends on the day. Yeah, all right. I'll ask you again <laughs> in five minutes. We'll figure it out, uh, guys. I, I, we did a startup dynasty draft just, a f- just a few hours ago. I had been saying that I was going to take Taylor over Edwards Elair, but this was PPR and push came to shove, and I had the choice, and I took Clyde Edwards Elair. So coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I think if I, if it were non PPR. I would have gone with Jonathan Taylor, but half or full, I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards Elair. But uh, any any comments there, Jamie and Heath? No, I, I think you know I I think he made the right choice. Uh, Taylor went uh, I think early second round, so not too far. Sorry, after. I, I meant comments on on Mike's top five, not on mine. No, Mike's top five is I I think this is a <laughs> dilemma a lot of people have. It's uh, the top three I think are locked in. Uh, you got I, I Dobbins think- locked in at number three. I do too. Yeah, I, okay. I think if you're looking for next year, uh, he's going to be the starter for the Ravens, um, and that may happen by the end of this season, depending on how Mark Ingram holds up at 31. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're you're looking at uh, you, you could probably make an argument for Dobbins over Taylor too if you're just looking at situation for next year. It's a it's a it's a stretch, but I think you know it, Dobbins to me is third, and then uh, same thing, uh, flip flop on on the the final two. Um, I think Akers is an underrated talent um, just based on what he did at Florida State behind a, a terrible offensive line, terrible quarterback, just terrible everything for them. But Swift is clearly the better talent, a uh, better prospect, and he just may have a, a little bit longer to wait to be the featured guy, whereas Akers has a clearer path, at least for 2020 and beyond. So how much do you like Clyde edwards Eler this year, Mike? Uh, I... <laughs> I, I like him a lot. I think by the end of the year, he will be the guy. But this is – it's a situation where his his ADP is going to get out of control. He'll probably be at least a third-round pick. He might sneak into the second, and I don't think he will be the guy right away. I think that Damian Williams has kind of earned the the nominal starting role, and it, it'll take some time for Elaire to to beat him out. Like we, the, the, the situation that people want to look to is the Kareem Hunt year where Hunt was the rookie, had the major breakout. The problem with that situation is Spencer Ware was the starter. He was going to be the starter for at least half the year. Goes out with a catastrophic injury. Kareem Hunt is forced to the beginning. So as long as Damian Williams is on the roster, I think it will take you know 25 to 30% of the season for Allaire to establish himself especially what is what do training camps look like in this world that we're all living in how how much time do they actually get to prepare the the NFL season I I feel confident is going off uh and maybe it's delayed a week or two but they're going to make that happen but what do they allow to happen for training camp can get Edwards come in and establish that so but once he gets the job then it's then it's absolute wheels up like they clearly don't trust Damian Williams as much 
on the ground. Like he'd never got the carry totals that someone like Kareem Hunt received when he was the feature back. But I, you don't, you don't spend a first round pick on a running back to have him not become your featured guy eventually. Of of course, unless you're, uh, you're Pete Carroll, then you just throw first round picks away. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go around the room. I'll go Heath, Jamie and Mike, Miles Sanders or Clyde Edwards, Zeller Heath. Oh, Miles Sanders. Jamie. I'll still take Sanders for now. Oh, yep. interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm Sanders for now by a little bit. All right. And I, I've been told that you also like Keyshawn Vaughn quite a bit. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, but part of that is uh, that was that's the the narrative or the my evaluation coming to fruition where like. Uh, Talking about him on tape with with Jason specifically, he's I was like, I love this guy. I think he's a fantastic player, extremely well rounded. I felt uh, the way I, I do about Vaughn. I felt about Alexander Madison last year coming into the draft, and it it seemed like no one would. I don't know if anyone's going to spend the draft capital on Vaughn. I don't know if the NFL sees him the way I do, but then freaking Bruce Arians saw Keyshawn Vaughn the way that we saw him. <laughs> And so, like, Vaughn, for me, if you're doing rookie drafts, he does sneak into the back of the first round for me. It's a tougher road for a rookie running back to really break through for Bruce Arians. He's, he is notoriously tough on his rookies. When they make a mistake, they go to the bench. Sometimes they go to the bench for multiple games. But the competition in front of him with Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones is just not, he's not a natural pass catcher. Tom Brady needs a natural pass catcher at the running back position. Does that force... Bruce to get Keyshawn Vaughn in sooner than later. These are things that I don't have the answers to, but you can project a, a season where Keyshawn Vaughn ends up as a, as a top 15 running back. It's in the, like it's in the realm of possibilities for me. The well, thing where was, are the, you putting uh, Vaughn in your, in redraft? Or is he still sixth amongst the rookies or is he had some of those yeah. guys? No, no, he'll, he'll still be on the back until we get any positive movement, uh, from Tampa Bay's camp. Like we I'm I'm in Arizona. I'm a diehard Cardinals fan. So we watched the rookie season of David Johnson and and how frustrating it was to see this the rookie's the best running back on the team, but Chris Johnson was ahead of him. Andre Ellington was ahead of him. We didn't get that playoff run, the fantasy playoff run until both those guys were hurt. Even though David Johnson was doing magical things and like being fantasy relevant on one or two players a week. So that that's, that's the downside of Keyshawn Vaughn, but the upside is, is so spectacular. I think the the difference though, is Chris Johnson has a resume. Ronald sure. Jones has no resume, you know, so, you know, they can, they can force the, okay, we can play the veteran because he's done something in the past. I mean, you said it best. They're, they're frustrated with Ronald Jones. He doesn't do the things that, Bruce Arians really wants to see. I think the one thing about rookie drafts, I think you're right. You know, Vaughn, I don't think he's going to sneak into the first round. I think he is a first rounder. It just depends on how many people take those wide receivers ahead of him. But he's going to be a guy, I think, that two, three years from now, we could say, man, why didn't I take him over Akers? Or why didn't I take him over Swift? Or, sure. Uh, you know, if it, if he clicks to the level of what he could be. So he's he's a little bit of a wild card in what his upside could be because I don't think there's that much downside you know even if you're taking him to the back end of the first round of a rookie draft you know again you're comparing him to and I'm, I'm putting him behind guys like Ruggs and Jefferson and those guys you know you're comparing him to Mims and Pittman and 
uh, Claypool, you know, whoever you want to throw up there um, in, in that conversation, Chenault, all those guys. But, um, you know, so if, if you if you whiff on on him and those guys hit, you may regret it. But uh, if he does hit, man, you could be you could be set for a few years with a pretty nice prospect. All right, let's go to the wide receivers then. Rank your top five rookie wide receivers, Mike. Oh, man. That that was that was a frustrating night watching the draft unfold because the we've all been very excited for the 2020 wide receiver class. But the way I have them ranked, I got uh, I'm sticking with CeeDee Lamb at number one uh, landing spot. Not ideal, but uh, honestly, it's I don't know that any of them hit an ideal spot. Uh, so I'm going to I'm still buying into the talent of CeeDee Lamb. If you're looking at long term at least the way his contract works, Amari Cooper could be out in a couple of years. I'm not saying for sure that's going to happen, but it's one of those, one of those things that you have to balance when you're looking at a long-term situation. So I'm, I got lamb first. I got Judy seconds. Uh, I have, I, I've got, I kind of go back and forth with Rager and, um, uh, and uh, Jefferson, like the, the way that I, I look at Cam Akers, that running back situation, you know, it, it's, I, it should be Rager, like because it right. should be because his his spot is a little bit better than Jefferson when you're talking about an offense that they will throw the ball 600 times if they have to. He has a really clear path to being the number one guy sooner than later, and Justin Jefferson's in a low pass. He's in a, in a low pass offense. He's clearly the number two guy at best while Adam Thielen is there. So that's why I mean it's it should be Rager, but I liked Justin Jefferson, the player more than I liked Jalen Rager. So I, I'm it's a struggle with those guys. And then somehow the first running or first wide receiver in the draft rugs. He's my fifth guy. Cause I just, I don't know what to do with a player who was third on his own team. Seems like his speed is the calling card and the Raiders just continue to be obsessed with speed but but can he really turn into a number one or is he just a player like Deshaun Jackson where he's extremely valuable, very helpful to your NFL franchise, but you're not counting on DJX for for fantasy purposes. He he's had a couple seasons here and there, but he's he has like DJX never turned into a superstar number one wide receiver. And I fear that could be the path for Henry Ruggs. You know, it's funny you keep saying it It should be Jefferson. You're right. It should be Jefferson. The Eagles should have taken Jefferson. <laughs> oh, man. We we had a we do a competition every year on the footballers where we pick who's, you know, who's who's going where. Mm-hmm. And I had Jefferson going to the Eagles. Everything was lined up for yep. me. And then they just kicked me right in the groin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think only twice in the last 10 years has the first this is not so much a dynasty discussion, but the first wide receiver selected finished as the top rookie wide receiver in that first year, right? So Ooh, interesting. Amari Cooper in 2015 and Calvin Ridley in 2018. Now, recently, since 2014, it's been Beckham, Cooper, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, Calvin Ridley, and A.J. Brown. Those have been your, your highest finishing rookie wide receivers. They were selected third, first, sixth, sixth, first, fourth, First and fourth. There you go. Um, mm. So all top six, four of them top four. And that would mean that if they're all top six, there were six wide receivers selected in round one. If you actually go back before that, though, 2010, Mike Williams was the 15th wide receiver drafted. He was number one that year. 
Victor Cruz was an undrafted free agent. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was the 13th wide receiver drafted. And Keenan Allen was the 8th. So exactly, it seems like they've gotten better drafting wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, but I think like Henry Ruggs went pretty late in the, in the dynasty startup that we did today. And it just seems like, guys, people don't care who the first wide receiver drafted is. That just doesn't seem to matter all that much. Not as much as running back, I'd say. Is it, Heath, would you agree with that premise? Based, you know, And it's based on what we've seen in recent history. I think it really depends on who you're drafting with. Um, I, I know that there are some people, and I've seen them on Twitter, that have Ruggs as still the as the best wide receiver, partially because they liked him like almost equally to Lamb and Judy, and partially because Ruggs went first. And like even if they're not the best wide receiver, there's a pretty decent history of the first wide receiver getting a lot of opportunity in year one at the very least. Um, it's going to be so like, I just don't know with rugs how they're going to use him. If the plan is we're going to use him outside opposite Tyrell Williams, and we're going to have Renfro and Waller running these short area targets and rugs and Tyrell going deep, then I hate rugs. But if the plan is, you know, Hunter Renfro is just a guy and he's already passed his prime. Anyway, we're going to put rugs in the slot and have him do things <laughs> around the line of scrimmage. Is that a Renfro age joke? It was. Thank you for acknowledging <laughs> it, Adam. Um, then I think that Ruggs could be like phenomenal. Like he could be like Tyree Kill's rookie year, where he didn't really run very many routes. He just did a lot of stuff around the line of scrimmage, and then would go deep occasionally, and it worked really well. Now he doesn't have Andy Reid, so that he, he, hurts his Tyree Kill didn't have that good of a rookie year if you take away the rushing stats, right? Well, I would presume that they were they're, like they're going to give Henry Ruggs some jet sweeps, right? If they're going to use him in the yes. best way possible, yes. Yeah, Hill had uh, 593 receiving yards, six touchdowns, 267 rushing yards. That's a ton, and three touchdowns. You don't see that very often. Um, no, but if but if you were going to do like yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna draft class, him, if you're gonna do that, that it'd be rooks. Right, right. So I think that in for for wide receiver Heath, um, seasonal versus redraft, seasonal versus dynasty, redraft versus dynasty is a very different conversation, right? So who's who's your favorite rookie wide receiver just for this year, Heath? It's actually the same, and it is different, but it's the same guy for me for this year. It's Judy. I had Judy and Lamb really, really close before the draft. I liked Lamb slightly more. I think the landing spot might be slightly better for Judy, and that was enough to tip it in his favor in Dynasty, but I still got him back-to-back. But Judy's my favorite. Now, there are some guys that we haven't mentioned yet that I think have a chance to be the best rookie in redraft. Um, LaVisca Chenault. And Denzel Mims both have an opportunity, I think, to be the best rookie this year, but don't have anywhere close to, in my opinion, the same upside as Lamb or Judy. Does anybody like Brandon Ayuk? <laughs> it seems like <laughs> no, he's a fantasy. 49ers do. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan do. loves him. They're they're great on him. And I heard from somebody who's connected to the organization that they they were taking in order uh at their pick was thirteen. Um where they trade down, I forget what they did. They had 14. They, they, I think they ended up with 15 and traded down for Yeah, they moved, they, moved, they moved down one spot. They moved down one spot for the, the Bucks, right. So they were taking Kinlaw 1, Lamb 2? No, Kinlaw 1, Ayuk 2? When did, when did Lamb they, go? They, Lamb went after him. They said that Ayuk was the guy they would have taken if they didn't take Kinlaw there. And Lamb had had not been taken. I think only Ruggs had been taken. Oh, you're right, right. It was, it, was, it was Kinlaw, Lamb, Ayuk was the order that they wanted them. Because they took Ayuk I at mean, the end of the first round. 
that, that pretty clearly tells us that Ayuk's going to have like a six-week stretch as a top 12 wide receiver and then completely disappear from the face of the earth after his rookie year. And I will take that six-game stretch next year, and I will say he was the number eight wide receiver. <laughs> I already look forward to it. So, oh wait, I think they went. I think they moved down from thirteen to fourteen. They moved down from thirteen to fourteen yeah, because yeah. the Bucks moved up one spot, and then they moved back into the first. No, their pick of the first round was Ayuk, their original pick. Uh, they got yes, that from they Minnesota. They they did trade up though to, to twenty five to take Ayuk. Whatever think, it was, their two first round picks were Ken yeah. Law and Ayuk. They wanted Lamb if if I if Ken Law was gone. Is what I heard. Right. I think they traded back from thirteen to fourteen and up from thirty one to twenty five. Sounds it, right. Yeah. Let it, let's just go with that. All right. So we've talked a lot about the veteran players who were affected by the NFL draft, and I think the one we've talked the most about is Amari Cooper, and uh, you know. Well, I'll just ask you, Mike, where are you on, where are you on Amari Cooper? Have they added CeeDee Lamb? How do you feel about him? Right. Uh, um, uh, me and Amari Cooper have had a very uh, storied past where <laughs> <laughs> I I just can't buy into Amari Cooper. Like, he will be great for half the year, and <laughs> he will be bad yes! for half the year. <laughs> yes! Like, how many years in a row... Do we have to see it happen? How many excuses do we have to give Amari Cooper? Like, yeah, I, I get it. He started out really hot and then, okay, I guess he was playing with an injury and like, but that was this year. What we give him an, ex, uh, an excuse and a pass every single year. Clearly the talent is there. And that's what's so bizarre about Amari Cooper is I have no idea. I have no idea why he, wh- how he vanishes from games. But he games. was still top 10. I mean, he still finished 8th in non-PPR, 10th in PPR. That's the problem, though, is at the end of the year, when you're trying to remember what happened, okay, let's go yeah. look at the final standings. Oh, Mari Cooper, top 12. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, <laughs> Adam yeah. Adam throws then, out the final eight games. He doesn't include the final yeah, eight games. <laughs> and, the, and, but, and then your, your, your memory starts going up. Oh, man, remember how great he was at the beginning of the year? Imagine. Imagine if he did that the entire season. And we've done that five years in a row now for Amari Cooper. So, yeah, guess what? Amari Cooper's going to finish as a top 15, probably as a top 12 wide receiver. But he won't be on any of my teams because I've been fooled for the fifth time of buying into Amari Cooper as he can really get it done now. And like Michael Gallup was pacing just behind Amari Cooper. And I think Gallup played 14 games. If I remember correct off the top of yep. my head. They they averaged and, almost the same amount of fantasy points per game in PPR. Almost identical. Yeah, and you can get Gallup way later. Probably Gallup's even going to move down, I imagine, a bit in ADP because of the the fears of CeeDee Lamb, which I'm not concerned for, for Michael Gallup. I think Gallup was, is still going to be great. But Amari Cooper, he will, he will finish really, really high, and he will disappoint you a whole bunch of times, which... A hundred million dollar wide receiver should not be doing that, and I don't know why he does. Okay, Rex Ryan, well, I know what you guys. I know what you and Heath were talking about at the ping pong table. So let's play. Let's play this little game here. We had a a, a three wide receiver PPR draft with a flex, so pretty wide receiver heavy uh, last week. It was our first draft since the NFL draft. Amari Cooper went thirty sixth overall, last pick of round three. Michael okay. Gallup went in the middle of round, or toward the end of round six, so about 70th. And let's see where CeeDee Lamb went. Round eight, two rounds after Michael Gallup. So you're talking 
3-4 turn for, for Cooper. Round six for Gallup. Round eight for Lamb. What's your favorite value there? I would take Michael Gallup there. Like I, I don't, I generally don't draft rookie wide receivers in redraft. I target them halfway through the season once they really start to break out. Just with with all my experience and research, that's to me that is my op, that's my optimal strategy of how to deal with rookie wide receivers. And like I said, Amari Cooper is not going to be on any of my teams <laughs> at the end of the third round. That's actually that's not terrible for a guy who can who will he will win you a couple weeks he will also cost you a couple weeks so it's the balance of the yin and yang there so uh, give me michael gallup at the end of the sixth round i i think something you said there for me is going to apply to all rookies i'm not sure like once we get down to like july and august with where i expect adps to be even for the running backs the very top of this class I expect most of this rookie class is going to be worse than their ADP for the first month of the season. Yeah. Because they're not getting the same exposure to NFL practice that they normally do over the offseason. So I don't know that I'm going to draft any rookies, but I'm going to be making a lot of trade offers for them in October. Well, Heath, we we, we keep saying that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with you on this, but remember, they haven't fully canceled anything yet. Well, they canceled rookie OTAs. Yes, and off off season OTAs like that's that's all virtual now. Yes, but there, I think as long as we have a, a normal training camp, that's really what's going to matter the most. So if we do have a normal training camp, then I think they still have a shot to be fine. And I think it really more applies to the quarterback, probably a little bit the wide receivers, but I think it's the quarterback taking in all the knowledge that is really going to impact the most. I think though that even if everything were normal, you had the rookie mini camps, you had training camps. Most likely, a a good strategy would be to not draft them and try to buy low on them. Because I've said it over and over again, these rookie running backs don't get immediate work typically unless they're first round picks. Uh, and then we haven't really had an example where somebody's been the last pick of the first round. And rookie wide receivers typically don't have that big of an impact. So it's it could it could apply regardless of the situation. It's not a bad idea. But he he said something earlier that I think applies to this as well. Is that you know that Mims is somebody who for this year could be the the best guy. Pittman as the the potential starter opposite T.Y. Hilton could be the best guy. You know, I mean, Chenault could be the best guy. You know, if you feel like you got to get a piece of this receiver class, let somebody else chase Lamb and Judy or Ruggs or Jefferson or whoever, Rager, um, you know, and, and then you still can get some pretty good players much, much cheaper. Like, I, I'm going to take Antonio Gandy-Golden in every draft in my life. Yeah. Year. He's he's good, man. He like, is good. And it's it's you know, kinda like what you were saying about um people not even NFL wise, maybe falling in love with Madison or falling in love with Vaughn. He went to Liberty. You know, people don't don't spend a lot of time watching Liberty. Fantasy players don't spend a lot of time watching Liberty. How uh, dare, he, dare you, Jamie? <laughs> he could be the starter in Washington. Liberty is not ideal. Liberty. You are <laughs> you're a liar though, because you didn't take him in this draft. You took Hunter Renfro with your last pick instead of Antonio wow. instead of Gandy Gold. In this three receiver PPR draft that we did last week, busted. Well, I, I mean, Adam, I, I'm drafting for like five people. You probably left to go do a baseball podcast at the time. <laughs> I think you did do this. I think this was the draft you did for me, actually. Yeah, it was. All right, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Uh, this is what I get, Mike. This is what I get. We we do these drafts, and I get everybody. Said, I I I sent one say we're doing one on Thursday. Fourteen people. They all said yes. They all said yes. So now I got to kick somebody out because we're only doing twelve teams. So, or two people out. 
Then what inevitably will happen is we get to the day of the draft. And I only did this two days in advance. So we get, get to Thursday, and I'm going to get four people saying, hey, uh, can you make the first two picks for me? I'm going to be doing this. Or uh, I'm not going to be able to finish the draft. Can you finish it up for me? I end up drafting for five people. I don't know which team is mine by well, the end of the draft. You could have drafted Gandy Golden for one of them. He had five opportunities to do it. I, I mean, I got three kids running around. I got to with one. You as a child. Yes, you should have been able to manage doing a podcast and making a thing. <laughs> uh, Mike, before we, I am going to ask you some personal questions at the end of the show. <clears throat> oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we do that, are there any other, any other, you know, any other mic knowledge you want to drop? Drop the mic knowledge. Like, oh, some, there's it, something we, there. We got there. There's we something there. there. <laughs> yeah, well, you got there. Yeah. I I'd love, uh, love to get your guys' temperature on Antonio Gibson. Uh, for from Washington because he was a player that I like scouting him. He's fantastic. When you throw on his highlight tape, you go like, holy crap. Then you look at his actual measurables of, of, of how big and fast he is. Like, like wow, this is a he, – he's a very intriguing player. And why didn't he get to play? Then you have to go like figure out the backstory for Gibson. And he, he had some – some trouble with his grades, so he wasn't able to get to a D1 school. Was able to finally transfer, and then and then he's playing behind you know uh, was Henderson and Pollard, I think, were the guys in front of him, like two NFL running backs. So once he finally got his chance to shine, he's he's a human highlight reel, and I found myself really falling in love with Gibson in our footballers dynasty league. I took him in the middle of the second round, even with having picks after that because I didn't want to take the chance that I wasn't going to get Antonio Gibson on my squad because I think the upside is just, just tremendous. So I want to see how how are you guys feeling about him and what position is he going to play? <laughs> I think he's going to play running back, you know, from everything okay, here in Washington. And, you know, they're starting to talk, which is going to drive the ADP up of, oh, the next Christian McCaffrey yeah, uh, because of Ron Rivera and, and the staff there. I, I'll give you a, another uh, example of a dynasty draft. Um, so Heath and I are in a Rookie only draft right now. Um, Adam, I put Adam on the team. You'll like this. This is how I like to prank Adam. I put him on the team because he needed to see the results. So as a result of that, he gets all the alerts and the emails from the league, um, so even though he has no no part in it whatsoever. So uh, every and then the name I named my team of somebody else in the league. Will Brinson, if you know him, uh, one of our NFL guys. Yeah. So people send Will trade offers, thinking it's Will, and then they say, "Oh, should we talk to Adam as well?" To loop him in. Adam has no part of the team. It's not even Will's team. So I, I have a lot of fun with that. But in any event. So, um, so Jamie has Will and me making trades uh, for him, essentially. Yes. Um, nice. So won the league. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I had three picks in the second round. The fourth pick and then 13-14. It's a 14-team league. Um, I thought, okay, I'm going to get one of Moss or Dylan at the four spot. I took Moss. And then I'm like, okay, there's six other guys. I want to get two of them. Uh, somebody dropped Reichwell Armstead. Don't know why. But um, uh, Gibson was one, McFarland was one, uh, Darrington Evans, who I like, and uh, Josh Kelly. I was hoping I'll get two of those. They all went. And when Gibson oh. went, I was like, man, I wanted just – that was the one guy. I was like, I don't think he's going to fall. I tried to make a trade up to, to get, a, get a, a piece of him. I'm with you. I, I, I keep getting more and more excited about it. I think he's going to be fun. The problem is there's so many guys in that backfield. There's sure. Just, so many guys there. Um, the one that, that I'm actually the, the most concerned about for, for Gibson is McKissick because I do think that they can use him in a pass-catching role, and I think that's where Gibson has the best chance to shine as a rookie. 
I've been a, a closet McKissick guy for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> but like, I just think the problem with Gibson is like in our draft where he went it, mostly towards the end of that run or right in the middle of it, that's okay. But even today, as the news was coming out that Ron Rivera said he had the skill set of Christian McCaffrey, I would be very surprised if in the next month his rookie ADP is not the first four or five picks of the second round. Mm. I wouldn't be that surprised if it's like 2.1, 2.2. And I think that's too risky. Like there's still, he can't start going ahead of that tier of receivers, for me at least, where Mims, Chenault, Pittman, those guys are. If he's going at the very start of the running back run after those receivers, I, I'd be more okay with it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, Mims and Pittman were off the board. That's who I was targeting with my picks. And if and if people are just hearing the McCaffrey comps, people, after the NFL draft, you need to go watch tape of the way that these coaches and GMs are talking about the players because McC- uh, Rivera made that McCaffrey comp like right after the draft. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. It's weird that it's just coming out today, but I, I'd be lying if I if I didn't say that I got a little hyped when I when I heard him say that. But, oh, <laughs> I, I like this player. You want to call him Christian McCaffrey? Right. Great, because now like, he's on my team. It's like Andy Reid and and Brett Veach saying uh, Brian yes. Westbrook. You know, yeah. What? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So who would you guys? Let's say you're in a dynasty league. Would you rather have Darius Geis or Antonio Gibson? Oh, Still Geis. Still, guys, but you still you still believe he can turn it around. I think if they both hit to what they could be, guys will be better. Yeah, yeah, I I can agree with that. It's just will guys hit? What do you mean? Into Gibson's Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey? If he hits to what he could be, he's Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he's going to be Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> the Redskins would find a way to screw Christian McCaffrey up. Uh, all right, let's get let's get personal with Mike Wright. We have two options for the for the name of this segment. Either the right questions or hot mic? What would you prefer? Oh, hot mic. Yeah, it's pretty easy. All right, so I know you're a big video game guy. What are your top three video games of all time? Ooh, all right. My top video games of all time, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, the Super Nintendo one is the, the greatest video game ever created. Then I think I will have to go Super Smash Brothers 64, which I... Whenever it comes up, the topic comes up of Smash Brothers 64, I let everyone know that I was the greatest player of all time. <laughs> and I, I am willing to back that up anytime, anywhere. And I will destroy your soul. And then third, I was a really big LucasArts graphic adventure nerd. I don't know if you guys have any idea what those games are. Uh, but I'll go with... Uh, I'll say the, the the Secret of Monkey Island. I'll, I'll throw that one out as number three. Hmm. I've played none of those. Oh, man, you missed <laughs> out. You missed out. Those games were fantastic. Smash Brothers. I mean, I've played... I made... Did I play Smash Brothers? I don't know. But Zelda on the original Nintendo is impossible. I can't get... I, I can't... I, <laughs> I die in like 30 seconds. It's so hard. Yeah, you're just you're just bad. Um, so I want... Have you played Smash Bros. on the uh, Switch? I have not. The, the last one I played was the Wii. And not even the Wii U. Because I, I, before this whole thing, I would have groups of teenagers over here playing Smash Brothers on the on the Switch. I, I was just curious if it would uh, <laughs> yeah, you, surpass. You put out a Craigslist ad for that. <laughs> oh, oh, no. 
Uh, I'm I'm sure it's, it's like even going from the 64 version to the GameCube version, there was really really big differences. Yeah. I, I know Heath and I are are unified. And I'm not sure if I don't know if Jamie. Do you like video game? Are you a video game guy? Yeah, mostly sports though. Uh, Heath and I would would say that Golden Eye should be on anybody's top three. Uh, but see, the problem is Golden Eye sucks compared to Perfect Dark. We're just gonna have to take your word for that. Well, I have a question. Uh, when because I was listening back to our interview with Juju Smith Schuster at the Super Bowl, when you asked him about Golden Eye, I, I like that you qualified Smith Schuster. Because there's so oh, many Juju. jujus. Well, after he's comment, I think we have to qualify everything. Um, <laughs> uh, did he agree with you about Goldeneye when you asked him? Did I? Did Did he agree with me? Uh, I fast forwarded through it, so I didn't listen to it. He'd no, never Juju. heard of it. Yeah, he's yeah. Way too I think young. he was too young. I think he was okay. too young. Yeah. So, so Mike, we talked to Juju Smith Schuster um, at uh, on Radio Row, and that night he was playing. Was it Gronk in Fortnite? Who was he playing in Fortnite? No, he was playing a pro. Oh, he's playing a pro in Fortnite, right. So Adam's like, I want to ask him about video games. I thought this is where he was going with you, the same thing. Um, and so he asked him about GoldenEye, and apparently he's oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, too young. <laughs> guys, I don't know, we're old. Um, all right, next question. What shows are you watching right now? Oh, the problem with shows is I am a, I'm a movie guy. Uh, I, I just it's hard for me to get into shows. Like, I, I guess maybe it's the commitment and then I miss out. And now all of a sudden there's three seasons that I'm supposed to catch up with. So I, what, I, I like movies. I mean, I'm for three years at a time that you're missing out on three seasons of a show, not watching shows, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the Jordan doc that, that thing. I just inject that right into my veins. It, yes. it is so fantastic. So that, that would be the only thing I'm watching regularly right now i just went through all the marvel movies in chronological order and it was fantastic First i time? highly encourage it no i've seen oh, them all okay but like now they're all on disney plus and available or, or here and there so it was just it was there's tons and tons of of small little pieces that you don't remember from iron man 2 which you saw you know 10 years ago so it the the congruency that they've worked in there is actually pretty interesting Let's go back to video games. Yes. Did you ever did you ever get good at Fortnite or were you just too old? I have never played Fortnite ever. <laughs> it's wow. I, uh, there was a time when it was like when it was really breaking out a couple years ago. This is when uh uh you got do you know PUBG player yes. player known battleground. Yeah. So yeah. there was a few of us playing that and I just I couldn't handle that game. It was it was too slow infuriating that you all you did was collect stuff and then if you then you would just die immediately i just wasted 15 minutes so Fortnite kind of broke out right after that i kept saying i'm gonna get into it but i i just never did the uh, apart from smash bros uh there was a there was a period in my life when i when i was going to school in, in college and i got really into the fighting game community back when uh street fighter 4 had kind of just come out so i like i would i would travel around the state go to t- tournaments and there's there's a big tournament in Las Vegas every single year called Evo that I went up to and I did okay a, a couple times there. Uh, so so when it comes to competing, it's apparently is fighting games is is what I like to go with. So I was going to ask you about Game of Thrones, but I I guess you haven't seen Game yeah, of Thrones. I have seen. Game oh, of you're Thrones. in Game. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. The the big ones I've seen, you no know, Thrones, Breaking Bad, uh, but things like 
like the office. I think I made it four seasons in and then I just got overwhelmed. And so I've never seen the whole office and people get really, really mad when you say you haven't seen the office. Oh yeah. It's great. But like Jamie's never seen the office, but he uses all the office gifs all the time. It drives me crazy. I think it's so to drive you crazy. Did you just say gif? Yeah, that's, that's it's gifs, right? Oh, Wait, God, don't man. don't disagree with the only correct yeah. take Adam's ever had. It is GIFs. The guy said it's GIFs. Well, I don't care what the guy said. <laughs> What's the what what is the first word in that acronym stand for? It's gra- graphic? Gira- giraffics? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I, I Why agree. would you I respect the guy who created it though. I feel like you have to respect him. Uh no. But no. he doesn't respect the English language, I guess. All right, so let me so then I'll ask you a movie question. Um All right. uh, Favorite movie? Die Hard. Oh, Christmas movie? <laughs> yes. Ah! Uh, is Jerry Maguire a sports movie? Yeah. How is Jerry Maguire not a sports there's movie? No sport, uh, there's hardly any sports in it. Think about it. But it's about my, my, sports. My, it's not about sports. My, it's a love story my, about a guy listen. whose life involves sports. It's about love. It's his love story. It's not a sports story. Mike, listen. Forget everybody else that's here. Forget everybody else that's here. <laughs> All right. Mike, just, just me and you. Listen. I can't, I can't make the offer, but if you know things ever don't work out at the footballers <laughs> and we need to replace a host, again, I can't make an offer. All right, but we, 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 we're on the same page with a lot of the stuff here, so you know we, we would love to have you. Just think about have, it. There's still sports. I have an audio production background, so I can handle all the responsibilities. <laughs> uh, your favorite fantasy league format is what? So like two QB PPO. What would be your favorite league format? Uh, I like three keepers. My favorite format is is three keepers, and it's a half PPR, one flex league. No super flex? No, nah, I mean, it's. I like the concept of super flex, of how we're you know restoring balance to the quarterback position, but I don't think you need to. Like Our game is fantasy football. Our game is not the NFL, and I will take all the loopholes, and I like – it's – the quarterback streaming situation is just, it's very fun to me to like, I'm going to the waiver wire. I'm putting it all on the line right now saying that Daniel Jones is about to go off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and nobody wants him. Scoop him up. I'm throwing him in my lineup, which you can't do that nearly as much when you're in the super flex. Heath and Jamie, do you have any, I have one more question, but I'll let you guys go for it. If you have anything. No. Good. Um, I think you guys are big into foosball, correct? Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. We are. The fantasy footballers are big into all table and rec games. So like if you want to get destroyed at foosball or shuffle shuffleboard, <laughs> we're over here. <laughs> Look us up. It would yeah, be I hard for you... me to be worse at anything than I am at Zelda, but foosball <laughs> might be that thing that I don't I'm worse at. How are you bad at Zelda? It's impossible, dude. It's so hard. I I die like immediately. <laughs> Like you in Fortnite or whatever, or whatever you were saying, PUBG. It's just you uh, said fifteen minutes. It's thirty seconds yeah. for me. I'm just like, screw this. I'm playing Punch Out. Like the very best thing we could do for Twitch is just stop doing these things where we talk to each other about fantasy football, and you just stream getting your ass kicked <laughs> at Zelda <laughs> over and over and over again. I, I'm happy to do it. I Shaggy B could set that up. Uh, all right, last thing then. Rank these. But he would le- he would leave out the first thirty seconds and only count the thirty seconds where <laughs> <Yeah>. he survived. <laughs> there are no next thirty seconds. Is what I'm trying to explain. Uh, rank these three things: pancakes, waffles, French toast. Oh, that's that's a simple question I've had to endure many many times, and it's great. French toast is the clear one hundred and one. It is dominant, 
and I will take waffles number two. Pancakes, while good, it's it's an easy third where you, like these restaurants, they just want to give you pancakes. Like that's how <laughs> they value them. Like you want unlimited pancakes? Please take them. Take the pancakes away from us. Meanwhile, French toast is that's a delicacy, man. You go to go to Cracker Barrel, get oh, some uh, Mama's French toast. Oh man, you will you will not be productive for the rest of the day but it is delicious that, that doesn't sound like a good food if, it, if it's that heavy and you're not going to be productive for the rest of the day i mean you are the mm. worst the worst yeah that doesn't sound like good food i mean you have some pancakes you feel great they're delicious you move on go to your, your next activity Just go eat your tofu go eat your tofu there, <laughs> there's a reason why you're 135 pounds but yeah it's because i I'm eating peanut butter and jelly every day. It's quarantine time. All right, Mike Wright, thank you so much for coming on. By the way, if you want to see the face, the fart face that he made when we talked about uh, Miles Sanders, <laughs> just go to his Twitter profile, at yeah, FF Hitman. Yeah, right. It's basically basically that picture. And yeah. listen to the Fantasy Footballers podcast. Thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. Anything hey. you want to plug, go for it right now. Ah, uh, man, just just the podcast. If if uh, if the CBS guys aren't getting it done for you, we're, we got a show. <laughs> <laughs> with the fantasy footballers no we're we're all good we we can exist in the same space uh, at sure. the, the podcast land but really really thank you for having me on guys a lot of great podcasts out there fantasy footballers right up there at the top that's mike wright jamie eisenberg and heath cummings i'm adam azer we'll talk to you on friday with some dynasty talk until then see you next time